Hi everyone, welcome to Movies at Midnight podcast, where we discuss movies that we've watched and do some traveling, inspired by the location of the film or their themes. I'm Tanya. And I'm Jorge. And today we're watching Good Neighbors from 2010. Taking place in Montreal, Canada, in the north. True, very true. So I kind of stumbled upon this one one night. I like to peruse the streaming, the endless streaming services sometimes and just pick a movie that, I don't know, just randomly. And I'm really excited to talk to you about this one because I like it, but it's odd and I'm still not sure what to make of it. And it's a bit of a whodunit. And I don't even know if I know whodunit. Yeah. It's just a very interestingly odd film. <laughs> yeah, because like reading the description about it or when I started doing research on this film, it's kind of set up like it's a thriller, but I saw it more like a character study because there, you know, they, there is a serial killer on the loose, but unlike other films, we're not watching things through the victim's eyes or we're not seeing something through the killer's eyes. We're seeing it through essentially three neighbors that live in the same building. It's almost as if the serial killing plot, serial killer plot, is a way to further show who these people are and the way that they might react to this and the way that they interact with each other. It's dark humor. It's very dry. <laughs> and it's pretty disturbing at times. So just be warned, there are really sensitive and graphic murders and sexual assault. So that is a warning for you. Don't watch it if that upsets you and not to typecast him but uh jay baruchel is that how you say his name um not but sure. the guy who plays victor i associate him in comedies uh and i think he was one of the writers in this film um maybe that's where some of the humor came from it but i see him like what was it um knocked up and some other like rom-coms like i just know from how to train your dragon he's the main guy <laughs> He's doing um, the same thing he always does, I think nervously like, chattering about. <laughs> I associate him in that type of role, and to see him in here, it was a little bit like, oh yeah, this is definitely more of the darker side of films. It is interesting, because he's playing the same character in a way, but it's interesting to see it in a new setting, in a different setting. Although, while I say he's playing a different character, I don't think he... I'm still suspicious of him, we'll say. Oh, I am very, very suspicious of him. Mm. We'll, we'll get into it much later. But the film takes place in Montreal, Canada. And I was hoping to see more of the city There's or like more of it. Um, two locations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the filming sets, like, you have the building, you have the street where they, they walk, this bridge where that was really Victor, pretty, yeah. Um, walks over. But we didn't really get you know, air shots of Montreal. And we got to visit Montreal one year and it's a beautiful city. I wish we got to see more of it, but clearly that it's not part of the film uh, where like other films, it's like engulfed in the city, but it seems like they're in probably like a suburb. It's odd because they do keep on bringing up this theme of English versus French. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're English. But I'm like English as in you speak English or English as in you come from England. What are we doing? They don't, no one has accent accents like that but i didn't really dive too deep into that i just thought that was an interesting thing or theme that kept coming back up 
So I guess the film takes place in 1995, where there was this was the second referendum to ask voters in the predominantly French-speaking Canadian province of Quebec whether Quebec should proclaim national sovereignty or become an independent country. So I, I don't know if that was like them seceding from it um, or wanting to. And but yeah, the one of the first things that Victor tells their neighbors, like, "Oh, you speak." English. Um, so it's clearly this divide between English speakers and maybe French speakers. Yeah, it seems like just about everyone predominantly speaks English, everyone that we meet in this building, except one person, and she is very much the topic of discussion among the others. They're like, oh, that woman. Maybe a little fairly warranted, but uh is it well i don't know yeah She's yeah yeah shouting out I, her window I, I at everyone i forgot some of the stuff she did so i i don't mean what happens to her i just mean the gossip and people maybe trying to avoid her in the in the stairwells <laughs> so to your point i said this is kind of a who done it kind of a study of human interactions so i agree with you there so the reason why i am excited to talk about it is cuz even after second viewing it just leaves me feeling so off kilter. Everyone is acting so oddly. And I just, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. It's just such an odd group of people. And it's like people aren't human almost. They're like pretending or they're imitating what they think humans do. Yeah, I said everyone has the strangest relationships to one another. And I saw this movie as no one is truly black or white um, or good or wrong. Everybody sure. has this gray in the middle where it's you have your own moral code and some of these characters have to cross that and some of these actions lead to I guess who you are as a person um and also like you never really know who your neighbors are or even what they're capable of. All right, so with that, I'm going to get into the summary. Any ideas or requests of how to hide your face in this one? I don't know, maybe you can put me as a uh, reading the newspaper. I'm just going to put a cat face on you. Good Neighbors with a U. We respect that U. It's in the title. It may not be online or in the description, but it's in their title. People living in an apartment complex in a neighborhood in Montreal are cordial, but a bit odd. One neighbor, Louise, is a loving cat mom but standoffish. Her obsession with a string of brutal serial murders against women in her area leaves her searching the newspapers daily. She often confides what she finds to her downstairs neighbor, Spencer. He uses a wheelchair to move about after an accident and values his privacy, seeming to never leave the apartment. A friendly and talkative man, Victor, moves into the complex and forms an acquaintance with the two even though they are reluctant. The three's relationship seems strained and uncomfortable, Spencer the most annoyed by Victor's presence. When another of Louise's neighbors, who hates cats, Valerie, complains again about the cats scaring the birds away and digging through her trash, she poisons them. Louise finds her cats dead outside. She knows it was Valerie, though she has no proof. Louise and Victor become close. He likes her, but she is using him for his cat. Louise stages the murder of Valerie, making it look like the work of the serial killer. While returning from her crime, 
She runs into Spencer, walking outside just fine. Victor looks out the window and witnesses this. He believes Spencer is the serial killer. Victor tries to convince Louise to trap him, while Spencer tries to convince her to kill Victor and blame him for Valerie's murder. Louise agrees to both plans. When Spencer breaks into Victor's apartment, he is waiting for him, and they have an anticlimactic tossle. Spencer falls from the fire escape, gravely injured and likely to die. The police rush in to help as Louise feeds Victor's cat in her own apartment, completely disinterested. Good neighbors. <laughs> okay, so now you know there's a serial killer, and they kind of set it up maybe up upon first viewing like, okay, Spencer's the serial killer, but I don't know. I'm not so sure. I'm a little sus I'm a little wary of all of these people. I was gonna say I've I have my own thoughts, but I feel like we need to set the stage For a sure. little bit more before uh uh we get into the deep weeds. No, I'm not gonna just jump right into it. I just wanted to say I feel like this is definitely a film that you could theorize a lot about and it could be quite interesting. Yeah, and oddly enough, this one, may maybe it's just not as popular. I didn't really find the usual like rabbit trail that goes into all these crazy theories. Um, There, there wasn't too much out there. Maybe I just didn't do a very good job at uh, looking through this time around. But the movie opens up and... With a cute... I like their graphics with a cute October. Yeah. They have little monthly yeah, so title cards. I do think, and then to, to even like continue on the who did it, the timeline to me was very important. So the movie opens up in October. The first scenes were kind of watching Louise's um, daily routine where she feeds her cats. Seems like her cats are indoor outdoor cats where they kind of come in and go as they please. At this point in time, I think we only have two victims that have been murdered. There are, like the newspaper is already saying there's a serial killer out there where I'm like, one, I feel like it, it wouldn't have been. Two, maybe you can start to theorize. But it's like, at what point do you go from a murderer to like a serial killer? Well, newspapers want to sell newspapers, so they're probably hyping it up already from the get-go yeah no very true and when we're getting to know louise she's always like digging through the newspaper and and like looking i don't know i guess for like details what happened here and that so it's kind of like your 1995 version of all of us that watch uh murder or serial killer documentaries on netflix today she's a true crime enthusiast but mm -hmm. she sucks <laughs> i mean so many of them suck well, and, and that's like, I don't know, does she suck? Like, is she just being her own person? Like, She doesn't care about anyone but herself and her cats. And her cats, yeah. I do like the way that they open it because they, they introduce us pretty well to the characters. She's feeding her cat. She loves her cat. She doesn't really care about other people. And then we see Spencer. And he has this elaborate setup with so many aquariums. And he's feeding his fish but he takes a fish from one aquarium and puts it into the other one. And I was like, that's a nice way to say he kind of likes playing with people and setting them up against each other because throughout, he's very, he has the most dry sense of humor maybe. I don't know, Louise is a top contender. <laughs> but he's always saying things that would start a fight potentially, and then he's like, no, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. 
so he's very antagonistic but then like ah, i'm cute and i'll just smile and be like it was a joke because he, he does do that to victor a lot where he'll say something and victor's like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and he's like stop saying you're sorry i thought it was really funny when he him and victor first meet victor's moving into the apartment and he's carrying up you know his stuff and spencer's like well best of luck with the move there man i'd offer to give you a hand but i'm lazy no, what? No, no, no. I have a brother coming in from Ottawa. I was kidding, Vince. And I thought it was so funny. And so Victor is like the third neighbor of the three musketeers that live in this building. The worst musketeers oh. ever. So it, it's October. He's moving in. And one of the first things, as, as we said, is like, oh, you guys speak English. But like, I also didn't see him going around saying like bonjour um, to the other people around. So it's like, Everyone we meet in this building is like the English speakers. I don't know if they get all got like sent this way. I have other theories about how uh, Victor ended up there, but no one told him that there's no elevator on this building. I don't know if he knew he was going to be on the fourth floor, but it seems like the building manager comes out and she's like, you know, you're on the fourth floor, right? And she's an older woman, so she's like, I ain't helping you. She yeah. doesn't say it, but she's like bummer even if she was the younger one she's like i'm just the building manager dude i am not a moving company <laughs> where are your friends uh to to help you move for the pizza and the beer yeah he says his brother's coming and this is how he ends up having a more extended interaction with uh with louise he's waiting in the lobby with his couch for his brother and i forgot that he ha his brother was real because he's only in a scene or two but I, I was thinking, oh, his brother's not real and he's staging this whole thing so he can talk to Louise. Although he could have just been staging it and had not called his brother as well. I don't know. A little sus. Victor's oh, a little... I am, I am very sus and like all of his actions, I'm always like, ooh, what, what are his true intentions and things like that. We get a lot. We spend a lot more time with Spencer and Louise on their own. We don't really spend that much time with Victor when he's alone, right? No. We get like a shot here and there of him sitting at his table. Honestly, I don't even know what he does for work. Oh, wait, they he's said he was an elementary school teacher. They do, but then he, they never show him working. No. They never really show anyone working except for Louise, and that's just at her Chinese restaurant that yeah. she's a waitress in. I guess I bring that up because I'm always, I was always trying to figure out what he was doing in, in his apartment when they showed it to us, because he'd be sitting at a table, he had lots of papers and pens, and yeah, I guess that makes sense for a teacher, but I was like, is he an architect? One point he was in this room with a ton of ladders, maybe, I guess he was painting his new place, I don't know. Yeah, and we, we have to kind of take his word that he is a, an elementary school teacher. Because, yeah, we, we don't see him. We don't see him grading papers. The only times we do see him alone is when he's watching other people outside his window. That's a good point, yeah. And I did note, I think it only happens twice, once early on and then later in the movie. And I guess this is why it also confused me. There's this weird camera flash transition. And it always happens around Victor, I think. And I feel like that also confused me because I'm like, wait, is he a photographer? I don't know why my brain just wasn't settling on the fact that he was a teacher. But that, yeah, any thoughts on that transition? I don't even think I may have noticed it. Um, Maybe he's a voyeur. But yeah, I said 10 minutes in, Jorge guessed it. Because you're like, I mean, if you believe that, 
where he was like, no one would suspect Spencer because he's in a wheelchair to be the serial killer. And I'm like, oh, got it. But again, if you subscribe to that, because they do lay it out, that would be the most easy solution, the way that they laid out things in the movie to accept that, oh, it's Spencer who's the Mm. serial killer. Yeah, and and I think part of the reason why some people... I don't want to say detest this movie, but it seems like there it wasn't well received, wasn't well reviewed. Uh, I think it breaks a lot of the cliches or things you expect in a thriller. Like I said, it while it is a th- thriller in the sense of there's a serial killer and you kind of have to find out who it is, and then it's it might be one of your characters. It's strongly suggested that Spencer is the killer. Spoilers. But they never give you a definite but answer. But it's, it's, it's not a, a definite. He was never caught in the act. And the time where the audience is like, oh, it's Spencer, it's way early on in the film. It's not 10 minutes before the film ends where the, the characters are like, it was you. And they now struggle for their lives and somebody comes out on the other side. So we go to Louise's work at the Chinese restaurant. And we hear her coworker talking about how she has a date with some hot blonde guy and she didn't even know blonde people were real, thought they were a myth. <laughs> I don't know what the typical demographics are in Montreal, but uh, she says his name is Roland, which interestingly enough, we do meet a Roland in the, the film. He's a detective that ends up talking to Louise the next day because uh, she... So the, the co-worker is telling Louise that she met this guy at a bar. They, they had a drink and it was late. His name is Roland. He's tall and he's blonde and she thinks he's muscular, that she grabbed his arm and you were saying that uh, it, it felt like armor. Which is such an odd thing to say. I feel like I've never said that in my life and when thinking of someone who's strong, I'd be like... That sounds like a rock. When when I get into it later, we'll we'll dissect it a bit more. But okay. I was like, is was is that just like a metaphor? Like, oh, he's so buff that it felt like armor. It's like, a French Canadian um, metaphor. Yeah, maybe. Or it's like my dreamboat guy is that guy in uh, uh the knight in shining armor. Fair. Anyway, the the coworker I guess leaves for the night. Well, she waits up. Remember, she's there alone, and her boss is like, you should date nicer guys, because he didn't show up. And then she leaves, and as she's leaving, a person with a hoodie pulls her into the alley, and that's it. And that's the last we heard. Yeah, and then the next day, the police are at the restaurant questioning everyone, and Luis is like, she said his name was Roland? Stupid name. And the guy's like, here's my business card if you think of anything, and it says Roland. I wonder how the police felt if they were like, yeah, she was talking about this man named Roland who's tall. Like, the me? police guy is tall. Yeah. He's blonde. This guy's bald. Maybe the sides was a little yeah, bit I blonde. I don't remember. A strong policeman. And now Roland's like, oh. He's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> New theory. It's him. But when, when Louise and the coworker were talking uh, for the name, she says it sounded like a lord. Oh. Lord Roland doesn't sound to me like a uh, very lordy. I don't know. I don't know my uh, English history all too well to think of any real lords. I did want to say, though, if the coworker was meeting up with this guy who happens to be Spencer, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that he's the killer because she got stood up. So who knows who grabbed her in the alley? It could have been Spencer. It could have been... Could have been anyone. Victor. Come on, we're going there. It could have been the opportunistic time to grab. Someone's just there and saw a woman walking by herself. Or the Roland guy really did set her up and Roland is the murderer, but we don't know who Roland is. Just going off of her description, I would assume it's Spencer. He's blonde, he's tall, he's strong. But Luis says to the cops, oh, there's a serial killer or I've heard about the serial killer. Do you think that was him who grabbed her? And the detective's like, what do you mean serial killer? There's no serial killer. And I was like, that's so weird to say. It's in the papers. Why would you pretend? You can be like, oh no, everyone's sensationalizing it. That's not true. But he was like, there's nothing going on. It just felt weird. So according to the top Google search, a serial killer is conventionally defined as the person who murders three people in a period of over a month. So with the coworker possibly being the third victim, I can see if the cops are saying what serial killer. Because if before there's two, they don't even know if the two are linked. Granted, we hear that there's murders. We don't really know the details too much, but it seems like that's what's going on. Yeah, he also might not want to incite, uh, not chaos, like, what do you say? Hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah. But he says something really, I hate it. It's true, but I hate it. He says, it's a nasty world and women your age should always be concerned for their safety. Yeah, I was like, well, that's ominous and creepy the way he said it, but thanks. Well, because he's Roland. He's the (laughs) guy. That's the murderer. Wouldn't that be interesting? Would it be interesting? It certainly would be a twist. He was there at the end. Yeah. So Louise starts calling Victor then to walk her home at night because she doesn't feel safe. And this is why I think she's rude. She doesn't really care about his time. Also, one time she just up and leaves one of her female co-workers alone. And she's like, are you leaving? I have, she's like, I'm going to miss my train or something. And Louise is like, I have a cold, which obviously she didn't. Not a kind person, like most of the people in this film. <laughs> but the three get together for that referendum. Victor and Spencer are alone in, his, in Spencer's apartment for a very long time before she shows up. Again, don't give a crap about other people's time. Well, I mean, I see her as a, at this point, I don't think she's done anything terrible. She's just hanging upstairs with her cats. She's like laying down. She's more introverted. She's like, I don't need all this man testosterone around me competing for me. Just kind of being her. And it's like, oh, fine. I guess I'll go downstairs and hang out. Maybe it was a political thing. And she's like, I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, Because even when they're having this dinner and all of them are there, Spencer's like, do we have to be watching this? Because Victor seems much more interested. But maybe as a teacher, that has more of an effect on his work. I don't really think we know what Spencer does. Yeah, he doesn't seem to go out or he never leaves other than when he's being shady. But yeah, I don't know what he does. Maybe he had some nice settlement money from the accident. Maybe, because uh, I'm like, how did he even get upstairs to begin with? Who helped them up there? Because he is on the first floor, but yeah, he never. But he's he's on the first floor, but I feel like he's story wise is on the second floor. But yeah, the while the two of them are just hanging out, they're being it's so tense because of Spencer. He's just making it so awkward. He's just being antagonistic. And Victor's so awkward and just 
nonstop verbal diarrhea to the point where I was even like, dude, come on, just stop talking. And, and, and that's where I do see his, I don't know, typecasted rom-com character where it's like, he's like that nerdy dude who just can't stop talking when he gets nervous. So there is one neighbor in this complex that we know that speaks French and she is, like I said, very perhaps volatile. She yells at everyone and everything. She hates Louise's cats. And at one point she leaves her a bunch of messages. The first two are in French and then the second one's in English. She's like, maybe you don't understand me. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But Louise ignores it. She ignores all the messages. Even the building manager comes to talk to her about it and she just blows her off. That's her thing. She blows off everyone. And this does happen later in the movie, but when Valerie does end up murdering the cats, which I think we know for certain because they show us her putting powder into cat food and then putting it out there, we can pretty safely assume she murdered the cats. I blame Louise as well because she didn't address the situation. She kept letting her cats out. You put your cats in harm's way too. So mad at both of those women. So wrong. Well, I mean, to I feel like Louise could have apologized. Like, I'm That's sorry that your cats, I'm, that my cats are doing this. I don't know how much control you have over cats doing their own thing. Like, she opens the window to let them out. Say, right. tough, tough shit, cats. Sorry, you're indoor cats now. Mm. You can pee all over my furniture, but you're not going outside. Yeah, I was like, those cats are going to be mad if they're not allowed. Cause they are. <laughs> I'm assuming that Louise doesn't have a litter box in her apartment. So it's like the, the cats probably go outside. They, you know, do their thing. They wander the streets. But it's like, you can say, look, I'm sorry that they go up there. I, I don't know why they keep going to your section. But Louise doesn't even talk to her neighbor either. She's just like, oh, that's my bitchy neighbor and whatever. Louise visits Spencer from time to time and she'll bring him the newspaper with the serial killer uh, information in it and they always discuss it and have a drink. They have an, another odd relationship because for as standoffish as Louise seems, then why does she always hang out with Spencer? She doesn't even seem to enjoy it sometimes. Maybe it's because like he's more private and he doesn't like really probe her um which that ends up changing as she starts hanging out with victor a little yeah. bit more he's kind of like what's going on but he kind of lets it slip that he knew who the victim was that it was her co-worker and she's like how'd you know it was my co-worker and he's like oh your restaurant was in they said it was someone who worked at your restaurant and she's like where what newspaper show me blah 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 and she kind of freaks out and i'm like why are you running from a crime is there yeah. something in your past? It's so weird. Everyone's reacting so weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, I don't even think they named her restaurant. I think he says, oh, they, they say it was a Chinese or that she had worked at a Chinese restaurant in that neighborhood. But I it think was he's something... just lying, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the part where it's like, is Spencer the killer? Because he knows that she worked there and he told her, hey, let's grab a drink. He didn't show up. She knew she'd be by herself and then did his thing or is is it louise and it's like the cops know more and it can get traced back to the restaurant and she's connected to that they've already questioned her and it's like is that noose around her neck getting uh tighter and tighter and so now she's getting a little defensive yeah, Louise isn't out of my suspect book either. No. And th that's where I really enjoy this film. It's like, we don't know. And sometimes that bugs me because I'm like, just tell me who it was. Like, I need 
closure, I guess. Like, like, my mind is going in circles. Just tell me, was I right? Was I wrong? Was I way off? But in this, I don't want to say I didn't care too much about the characters, where I was just like, I kind of like not knowing and maybe just a little bit, like, being okay that it's only these three or something. Yeah, they're definitely interesting enough to carry a film, but I'm not too concerned if bad things happen to them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, none of these characters are uh, poster citizens of what a good person is, and may maybe that's why. Yeah, I agree, but if you look at Victor from a shallow viewpoint, other than being delusional, which I'll get to next, he seems fine. He seems like, oh, what a nice guy. To a certain extent, I guess. Um, I say if you look at him with a shallow lens, do you not think so? What does he do? I mean, that's... on the surface, he does the, this is what you should do to be a good person, I guess. Like, be friendly, cordial, talk to your neighbors. But I'm like, if if we get a new neighbor and the neighbor's like, oh, let's hang out. Let's have dinner together. Where I might be like, dude, I don't even know you. Like, that's okay. you make friends. Yeah, but like, let it become, I guess, more organic, where I think like, Victor is kind of doing the, I don't like to be alone, so I want to be around people. Yeah, I mean, the very first interaction with them, he's like, hey, we should get together and watch that referendum yeah. together. Let's hang out. So maybe. And and I get that. Like, if, if a new neighbor moves in, hey, I'm new to the neighborhood. Do you guys want to hang out sometime? But to be like, oh, let's hang out tonight. Let's like, if it's election night here here in the States and a new neighbor comes in and it's like, hey, do you want to get together and watch the election? I'd probably be like, no. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just my personal thoughts. So Victor's throwing a Christmas party and he invites Spencer. Yeah, I don't know how Spencer would get there. Victor's on the fourth floor. But, you know, Spencer blows him off and he's like, oh, too bad because Louise is going to be upset. Which you see annoys Spencer. And that's when I was like, why would Victor say that? He's being intentionally antagonistic. He knows that Spencer and Louise have a thing, or at least Spencer likes Louise. Oh, and it's the creepiest thing. You get a few shots of both of them just listening to her move about. Like, oh, what is she doing? They, like, listen when she comes home. Whose door is she going to? It's all so creepy. But extra creepy, Victor tells his brother, who came for the Christmas party, that Luis is his fiance. And kind of like out of nowhere, because I was like, wait, did I like miss a whole scene? Right. So that's what like throws you off until a little bit later, you'll see. But we're skipping through time pretty aggressively. We have cards for every month. So now it's December. We start the movie in October. Maybe they just, this is the way they're telling their story. They jumped over it. And this is them telling us, oh, they're engaged. And yeah, it was so confusing. And you do learn later that they're not. So then learning that they're not, it's like, why would you say that? What are you thinking in your brain? He later tells the cops that too. And we see a scene of him practicing a proposal in the mirror. So he know he is in his right mind to know that they aren't engaged because he plans on asking her. See, like I was thinking that he wasn't okay on the mind. Or maybe it's like um, he thinks things happen in his head and projects that. To his reality so i don't know if when he was seeing himself in the mirror he lived through asking oh. louise that like hey do you want to marry me and she says yes and now he's projecting her as his fiance maybe yeah 
that's just a like a theory thought not nothing confirmed nor denied i guess he definitely seems to think that he he spencer and louise are good friends he's always asking them to hang out so this is when we get the reveal that spencer is a fraud he's been faking it he hears the party upstairs he seems annoyed so he hops out of his wheelchair hops out his window goes like down the nothing. when we meet spencer he he gets like physical therapy a nurse comes to his place and is like moving his legs and she's like oh you you're very athletic and he's like yeah i've always been and he tells victor that i guess a year ago i forget how much time i think it was had, a year had passed that he got into a car accident his wife passed away and he's been in the wheelchair and the doctors say maybe one day he'll walk again so since this is the first time we as the audience are seeing spencer move I thought it would have been very powerful to show him struggle to get out. But the fact that he just gets up and goes, it's like he's clearly been able to walk for who knows how long. Maybe he was confined to a wheelchair for a month or two or something, and then he regained it. And for whatever reason, he's like, I'm going to pretend. Maybe there was no accident and he moved there a year ago and that's when he met louise they've only known each other for a year maybe he murdered his wife to be with louise yeah he his motives are odd too though because yeah maybe he seems to like louise a little bit but not enough to do anything about it he seems to just like controlling her more so maybe, maybe. he just likes having her in his life M but, like, maybe it's like playing that pity card where it's like she does things for him, and that's what he likes. He wants to be taken care of. But of all the places to go on Montreal on a Christmassy night, he goes to this bar. But then after, we cut to... It's not really an alley, but I guess it's the backside of the bar, and you see two people having sex by, like, a dumpster. I guess they didn't really show it, but, like, the girl all of a sudden goes limp. Yeah, they... You don't see the guy, I guess you could assume it's Spencer, but you don't know for sure. Is this girl already dead? I don't know. She could be. It's real messed up. It sucks. It's gross. We assume that at the at the end of the act, she's she's dead just because how limp her, her body appears. Yeah, we assume that's the serial killer. And then after, I guess we get a scene of Spencer returning to his apartment. And... Victor's brother... Or Victor's brother's boyfriend, husband, not sure who, sees him and yeah. tells him. Yeah, and he was like, oh, I saw someone jump into the first, the first floor. And Victor's like, the first apartment? No, that can't be. That's Spencer's apartment. Which is when I realized these people have an entire floor to themselves. I'm like, that's amazing. Oh, lucky. The Victor has a gift for Louise, who is, by the way, not even trying to interact with his friends or family. Uh, I think the brother comes up to her and is like, oh, hi, because he thinks that's his brother's fiance. And she's like, ha, what? Ha, ha. And they do like the talking over each other. Oh, sorry. And then he's like, no, go ahead. And she's like, I have to pee. God, you're annoying. So, uh, so Louise, you are you... Just... I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You, um, I'm stupid. You go. I'm, I have to pee anyway. So. Yeah, so Victor's like, hey, this is my cat, but I wanted to show you my cat and let you meet him and she like immediately melts all over him crawls into bed with the cat but he's not giving her the cat so then after that is when valerie kills her cats and she then starts visiting 
visiting Victor, but she'll literally not even say hi to him. She'll just be like, knock on his door, walk in and say, I need to see him and beeline straight for the bedroom, shut the door behind her and then just hang out with the cat. And it gets so, uh, gets so aggressive that she steals his cat. I'm calling it. That's what she does. She's like, oh, can he spend the night with me in my apartment? And that's it. She steals him. Never coming back. (laughs) But now Louise's plan is to murder Valerie for her cats. Because they're walking, I guess. I don't know if they were walking home from work or they're just like walking around. But she sees her cats like by a little tree bush or something. They're just dead outside. Um, And she's like, yep, Valerie did this. And then this is where we really get into Louise's psyche. Where she's like, Valerie killed my cats, so therefore I'm gonna kill Valerie. And we don't really know what's going on in her mind, but as she's like thinking this through, she's like, I'm gonna need a razor. And they show her going to the store. Which was a little funny because then she's like, oh, let me just grab this pen so I don't look suspicious. Let me buy a pen too. And then she's like, I'm gonna need gloves. And... She steals them from work. So she's very smart. She's not buying what you call the murder kit. They always say, oh, if someone buys all these things, you should, tell, you should inform someone. And the duct tape and right. the rope shovel. and the shovel. But she's getting it from stealing it from different places. Yeah. And because she's been reading the newspaper and trying to get, I guess, all, all the details that the public knows, she's like, I'm going to stage it and make it seem like the serial killer got to Valerie. So she's going to make it seem like she was sexually assaulted. And she's like, the last ingredient is some sperm. So like, where yep. am I going to get some sperm? I got two males in my apartment building. and It is so unsettling of a scene because the way that they acted out is just so comical. But you know what she's trying to do with this. So it's like, not comical too you're like this is horrific she goes to victor's place they have sex she's like oh let me take care of that condom and then there's this extended sequence of her running around with a condom full of sperm naked just like do i put yeah because it seemed like she was going to put it in his freezer and she's like wait i should probably take this home and she's like i'll be right back yep goes to her place and i guess that's where you want to preserve it i guess And then I was thinking, did she always know this type of behavior was inside of her? Because the way that she scoured the newspapers, it's like she was creating an out for herself all along. I don't know. She's like building these, building the information that she needs to have in case something were to happen and she'd have to frame someone. It's so weird. And and that's where like, is Louise the serial killer? Hmm. Because she was already like freaking out when Spencer like knew that it was her coworker and was like, oh, how did you know that? Are details coming in? Or And she's always looking at the newspaper like, I wonder how much they were able to deduce from my nightly activities. Yeah, the only thing I would say against that theory is how she has to get everything in order to kill Valerie in the same way that the serial killer gets her. I mean, the only thing that she got was a new razor. She got the gloves. She got gloves. But she I got mean, a dildo. But we, but that, it seemed like she, that was in her apartment. But why would she think she needs sperm if she knows that 
That's, but it's also like if that's they, like the new ingredient. But if there never was any, why do you need it now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's why I think it's so rude too, because she's essentially framing Victor for this. At this point, you're thinking, at least I was, oh, Victor's still blameless in this. He's maybe a little delusional, but he doesn't deserve to be put away from murder. And uh, yeah, she does it. She goes through with it. It's real gross. It's real fucked up. Yeah. They show it in detail. Yeah, they, they show everything. And she leaves the apartment. It's night. And as she's going back to her apartment, this is when she runs into Spencer just jogging about. And again, real funny. She just kind of looks at him. And he's like, oh, shit. And she's like, help me up. He's like, what? She's like, get me up the fire escape. I want to go back to my apartment. I don't care about you. I don't care if you're the... Well, obviously, why would she care if he's killing women? She just killed someone and then did... Terrible things to her body. Yeah, then Victor looks out and sees Spencer. And then it's another oh shit moment. It's just so funny. (laughs) But does Spencer realize that Victor saw him running? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we can... We we can assume that that they saw each other. Yeah, because I think the next scene is Spencer trying to convince Louise to... Kill Victor, write a suicide note, frame him for everything, frame him for Valerie. Or at least, not the next scene, but later on. See, and here it's like, who's the master manipulator? If Valerie is the killer and is trying to frame Victor, because she, she got his sperm, and she is somehow able to convince Spencer that it's Spencer's idea to frame Victor... Is she the that good? Um, or is Spencer the killer and he's like, I want to stay with Louise. Let's frame Victor for it. Um, but at the same time, we, we are cutting through two different scenes where Victor is talking to Valerie and he's like, I saw Spencer running. He's lying. He's not uh, tied to the wheelchair. He's. The killer, I don't know how you go from lying about not walking to being the killer from what Victor has seen and trying to pin it on Spencer. Now, if Victor is the killer, it would make a good story to make Spencer the killer because he was lying about the wheelchair, then therefore he can lie about anything. So we have these two elaborate plans to pin the other male in this building as the killer. The killer of Valerie specifically, yeah. And then I, I assume they're hoping that will lead to, or they probably don't care whether or not it leads to them being labeled as a serial killer. So when both men are trying to convince Louise to frame the, uh, not frame the other one, Spencer wants to frame Victor, Victor wants to trap Spencer and call the police. He says, call the police, and Louise is like, no, don't do that, that's a bad idea. And it kind of seems like she's taking Spencer's side, but then when it all plays out, it feels like maybe she took more of Victor's side. I don't think she took his side, because then I was thinking maybe she said, don't call the police, because she knows the sperm is on Valerie, but they're already there. The police have been there. They've been investigating it. Yeah, because the police were questioning the three of them, and I'm, I'm assuming independently. And so they were like, where were you this night? And Spencer says he was by himself. Nobody can corroborate. He spends most of his nights alone. When they talked to Louise, and I think they did at the restaurant, she was like, I was by myself. 
no one can confirm. And this is after they talked to Victor, who said, oh, yeah, my fiance, we spent the whole night together. And it's like, which interestingly enough, the police didn't corral, like be like, you didn't. Are you engaged with this person? Like, this is why I get such a foggy brain, because now with the way it ends, the police are telling Victor, oh, you did the right thing by calling us, having us stake this out. Spencer's dead on the ground. But I'm like, do they not think he's a suspect at all? Is he eventually going to be a suspect? He lied about being with Louise, or maybe Louise lied about being with him. There's so many open-ended questions, and it's, I think there's enough evidence to make all of them look guilty. So I'm like, why are the police telling Victor that he did the right thing? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning more towards Victor is the serial killer Ooh. and the mastermind behind all of this because so he he wants to pin it on Spencer because he found out that he was lying and he then tests Louise by saying hey call the police and she's like no but the police are staking it out so I feel like Victor called the police anyway so now I don't know if he's testing her loyalty to him by saying would you call the police and now the police see him as He's the elementary school teacher, he's in good faith or whatever, has a clean record, no, no issues there. Maybe they, don't, they believe him being a teacher over the word of a waitress that works at a Chinese food place who, they didn't show this, but it's like lied about being, of not being engaged or lied about not being with him, and then maybe she's more suspicious. Yeah, and this is... The second time that they're questioning her as someone peripheral to whatever's going on. But still, that does seem a little odd. Oh, why are you always here when something bad happens with your coworker and now with your neighbor? But just a few things about Spencer. There is, during the scene where he's talking to Louise about framing Victor, I love it. He just, he's sitting in his wheelchair and he just crosses his legs. It's so funny. (laughs) He's so funny. He's awful, but he's funny. And then at the end, when he sneaks into Victor's apartment to, I guess, yeah, to murder him, Victor's waiting for him. So he's immediately like, ah, shit. And he's like, you industrious little fucker. I love that line. I want to use that. And then God, that fight was so funny. It's just like, he goes to leave and then Victor tries to stop him and it's just like, the equivalent of going like two people yeah. doing this it's and so funny in your summary i thought it was very clever that you said it's anticlimactic because this isn't your typical fist fight this isn't uh someone got stabbed and they're running from each other stalking and almost to the death it's mm-hmm. literally like he jumped in from the window he hears the cops because the the cops are staking out the place and One of the cops is like, I want to go get some coffee. So Roland, the killer, is in the cop car by himself and finally sees some activity. And he's like, oh, here it is. I'm going to go inside the building. So Spencer and Victor hear the police. And then Spencer's like, all right, I'm out. And goes to the fire escape. And then Victor, rather than letting the police in, he's like, I'm going after them. And then they kind of, what, just push and pull? Yeah. On each other, and then Spencer flies out of the... I think Victor accidentally kicks him, because he's even like, oh, like, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. And he just, nasty fall. It shows him falling by Louise's window as she's feeding the cat. She doesn't even look. I think he hits a railing. 
so it makes a sound, and she doesn't even look. I feel like if I heard a noise, I'd at least be like, what was that? Oddly enough, when Spencer is first going to Victor's apartment, he like knocks on Louise's window or something. It's like, hey, I'm going to go upstairs now. And she's like, all right, have fun. Yeah, it's just, she's like, I got your cat. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to talk to you or Spencer, anyone ever again. And then at the end, I was thinking, so is Victor in trouble then? Is, I mean, is he going to be? Because when they find the semen that is his on Valerie, is, do you have to be in the system, like having your fingerprints in the system? I don't know if Victor is going to become the immediate suspect after. So Spencer is going to be exonerated from Valerie's death because... At this point, we don't know if Victor's DNA fingerprints are in the system. He is a teacher, and I did work with um, high school students, and you know, I had went through like an extensive background check. I was fingerprinted. That was a process that I had to go through. So I'm assuming Canada has a very similar process for their teachers to where at least he'd be in the school system. I don't know if he'd be in the police system, but. We don't know if the newspapers ever talk about traces of semen have been found in the women, yeah. the women victims. Um, we, we don't know. That, that is a detail. I don't know if that's a detail Valerie was looking for. She framed Victor in Valerie's death. Now, Spencer is bleeding, and there's all the DNA you want. Once they match or find out, hey, Spencer's DNA does not match, it's not Spencer. After watching this film and particularly paying attention to the timeline, I'm leaning more towards it was Victor behind the whole thing because Victor is an elementary school teacher. We find out he just got back to Canada from China. The film opens up in October with him moving in. Now, the school year in Canada also starts in, in August, very similar to here in the States, towards the end of summer. So in China, the school also ends in like the late June, early July. So he finished off the school year, comes back to Canada, probably met up with his brother. Hey, I'm looking for work, a new, new place to live. Goes to the Chinese food restaurant, meets Louise. And develops this infatuation. I don't know. Maybe it's because I just watched you. I was just about to say. That sounds I'm like, like Joe. Joe's vibes. I'm just projecting onto Victor. Mm. Um, but all of these like Joe-like behavior that's happening behind the scenes. Or maybe Joe saw this movie and was like, well, this is what Victor did. This is what I'm going to do. Has Louise as the waitress. Becomes infatuated with her. And this is, let's say, mid-July. Starts watching her and it's like wants to meet her wants to hang out with her the school year starts in august so he's working we don't know where his school is but sometime around september is when the apartment opens up he applies he gets in and in october he moves in mm -hmm. so during this time he's been watching louise stalking her imagining this life with her and now that he's there, they're starting to become friends. The serial killer stuff is happening. She feels unsafe. And it's like, we don't know when Louise gets off work. But 
Schools in Canada tend to end around 3 to 4 p.m. Now, here in the States, in that time is when daylight savings is coming, so it does get darker a little bit earlier. But I would imagine that Victor goes home first after school, then walks to her place and then walks back, or he just kind of goes to the place and and watches her because it's like, we don't know what Victor does between the time that school ends and when her shift ends. Because I get the sense that waitresses would probably get off around 9 p.m. Well, you have closing duties, so maybe even later. No, but there's two of them, right? So she usually left her other co-worker. So it's like one would close because then you have less less customers. But it's like that time difference. I get the sense that Luis thinks that he just got off work and they're walking home together, at least initially, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I get the sense Luis doesn't think about what other people do. I don't know if this is jumping ahead, but then what's your theory about the Christmas party timeline? So then the Christmas party, Luis doesn't sleep with Victor that night, but this is where he sees Spencer get into the window. His brother. So the brother sees it, and I feel like Victor's like, he's walking and uses that night to go out to the bar after his Christmas party. Because I'm assuming these murders are happening very late at night. So Victor, meanwhile stalking Louise, is continuing these serial killers on like the side. I don't know if Victor also stalks these other women as much as he does Louise, or it's something where he's in love with Louise, but these other women just kind of were victims. So you think Louise could be in potential danger? He could maybe kill her next? Yeah, like where where she's going to be the next victim. But I don't think he anticipated her stealing his sperm. I don't think he knows that either. I mean, Uh, he should. She left with his condom. Yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, but I don't think he expected it at the time. Like, as you said, we never see Victor working. So it's like, what was he doing during these other times? Was he stalking these other women as well? If he was there at the restaurant before with his brother and met both Louise and her co-worker, and then that's when he got the co-worker, because Interestingly enough, I started looking into the bodies and build of Spencer and Victor. Yeah, I was going to say, because Victor is very scrawny, very slim man. The co-worker describes Roland as being tall. Now, I don't know why I thought Spencer was taller than Victor. Victor's pretty tall, right? So, yeah, they're both tall. They're both 5'11". According to uh, the website that I was looking at, Victor is actually 5'11 and a half, so therefore being slightly taller than Spencer. So if Spencer's tall, Victor's tall. Mm-hmm. She says that he's blonde. Now, if blonde is a rarity in there, I don't think it's that far-fetched to think Victor could have access to a wig. We never find a wig in his apartment. The hair, I'm like, well, anyone can get a, get a wig. The part that kind of, I don't know, it'd be the determining factor is how strong he is. Now, Spencer is a very muscular actor. And then here's where maybe you can show the pictures of buff Spencer on the left and scrawny Victor on the right. But when the actress says she thinks he's strong, 
She grabbed his arm and that it felt like armor. Now, if that was a metaphor for a buff-ass dude being flex and it's like, whoa, you're so hard. Or was Victor wearing some sort of like motorcycle armor jacket or um, that uh, the Kevlar armor that some motorcyclists wear Mm. in the event that he gets one of his victims and they try to stab him he has some sort of protection underneath his clothes that makes his arm feel like armor because it was so hard now i really want to know i want to write i want to ask the the director and the writer like who's the killer yeah (laughs) is it victor is it victor is it not um maybe i just been watching too many like the murders Yeah, and the twist, and they get away with it because they frame somebody else. But I do think the cops are going to look elsewhere once they find out that Spencer's DNA doesn't match. But if it's really Victor, it's only a matter of time before I think Louise's body ends up on there. And maybe he'll go back to China um, after he kills Louise and then the killing stop for a while. Who knows? I don't think there's a neighbors too, but. I wonder if they will connect the serial killing because while it has a lot of the same markers, it was in someone's house. I think the main thing about these serial killers is that it happened, or serial killings, is that they happened at night when the women were alone and vulnerable because they're outside. So it that seems like a very big departure to actually break into some, take the time to break into someone's home and then kill them there. That's a lot more work that you have to put in. So you have to figure out their schedule when other people are going to be around type yeah. situation. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure. I think it could go either way between Spencer and Victor. I don't think it's Louise because of the way she behaved when she did kill Valerie. I'm just open-ended. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That's my conclusion. I don't know. That's fair. What's yours? You're saying it's Victor? I think it's Victor. If I had to choose... I would say Spencer. If you want to watch this film and let us know who you think the murderer is, tell us your thoughts about the film if you end up watching this one. Leave any suggestions for future films, and thanks for watching. Thanks, everyone.